Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's up, everybody? Commit or quit family and listeners. Welcome to the show. This is Eric Nam. Hey, this is Eddie Nam. And this week, we have a very, very special guest over Zoom, of course, to discuss the entertainment landscape and his favorite TV show. Who is this guy, this man of mystery? Hmm. Well, if you look at the title, you may be able to tell it is Harry Shum Jr. Yes, he is a star from um, a lot of shows and movies you may have heard of. Shadowhunters, Crazy Rich Asians, Glee, etc., etc. And… um. We had a great conversation with him. We were fans before, but I think we're even like bigger fans. Like I would be totally down if he wants to become like a fourth non-brother. Yeah, no. I mean, even replacing a non-brother. I mean, Brian's never here. So I mean… (laughs) (laughs) All right. Anyways, this is a great conversation with our friend Harry on this special episode of Commit or Quit where we talk about Better Call Saul. Now, hope you enjoy a lot of great little bits in here. Onto the podcast. Enjoy the show. Enjoy. Hey, uh, what do you want to watch? I don't know. Oh, I actually heard this is really good. What do you say? Should we commit or quit? Ladies and gentlemen, we're super excited to have this amazing person on the show. We have Harry Shum Jr. coming on. What's up, Harry? How are you, man? What's up, guys? How you doing? Good. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. This is Absolutely. cool. Uh, this is my first uh, podcast over Zoom, and uh, this is this is crazy times. It is crazy times. Where are you home? I guess in LA or where are you? Yeah, at? I'm home in LA. Uh, you know, staying safe at home, and you know, trying to follow all the rules. Right, right, right. We're uh, we're also in isolation, and um, this is what we have found to be the best way to just keep creating content and. Um, Stay sane. No, this is wonderful that you guys are doing this. I know when you when you hit me up and what you guys are talking about, I think at the end of the day, it's like how to keep our sanity uh, uh, while doing all this and, and, you know, and just doing our part. But uh, it's great that you're entertaining folks who, who, who need to just hear other voices as well. Yeah, but uh, we're super excited to have you on the show. Um, just to give you a rundown, you know, obviously, we're big fans. A lot of people around the world uh, are really excited to hear from you. Um, but we want to not only catch up with you and see how you're doing, but also talk about your favorite TV show. But I guess we could start with, you know, what have you been up to pre pre COVID, pre quarantine? Um, <laughs> what were you doing? You know, um, it's crazy. You know, I was just this past year. I've been just hitting the ground running. I I filmed the. Uh, about like three three films back to back, and it was wow. just nonstop. I was in um I was in Chicago shooting an indie, and that was uh, about a month and a half. So I spent my time in Chicago, which was a wonderful city. And um, then I hopped over to New Orleans and shot a movie called All My Life for Universal. And that mm-hmm. um, I had a wonderful time, and uh, it was just such a great cast. And New Orleans. Uh, which my heart goes out to the people in New Orleans right now. They're getting hit really hard with uh, with COVID right now. But um, 
when I was out there, it was just a beautiful city that had so much love uh, that was spreading all across uh, the city. And and um, and then I came back and then shot a movie out here in L.A. And that it literally when I when I when I finished shooting, I think it was like a week after is when um, the stay at home uh, wow. uh, was was happening. And and then, you know, I think like everyone just kind of was like trying to like figure out like, OK, you know what? It's, it's cool. Maybe a couple of weeks at home won't be terrible. And then you're like, it'll it'll pick up. And then you start realizing that this is, you know, it's obviously worldwide spread and everyone's going to go through it and you see the news and then you start to really kind of figure out how to readjust uh, mm-hmm. your life at home and seeing, you know, also ways you can help people as well. Right, right, right. Dude, what's what's it been like at this moment with your family? Everybody thought it was going to be a couple of weeks. It's obviously going to go a little bit farther. Um, what's that dynamic been like? We We know you have a daughter. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I'm not gonna lie. It's it has been a lot of up and down because I think everyone like gets good news. They're like, oh yeah, we're gonna make it out like pretty quickly. You know, the sun is shining at times, and it obviously when it rains, you're like, okay, well this isn't so bad because I have to stay in anyways. And you know, when the sun is shining in certain places, I think not all all over the world, but like in certain places, you're like, oh wait, no, I still got to adhere to these rules and. um but for the most part, I would say like my wife and, and, and my kid, it, it has been the silver lining has been that I get to spend so much time in, in a positive way. I get to see my daughter grow. I get to really um, enjoy the little things that, you know, you normally would have to go to work right away and you leave. Right. And then you, you might be gone for eight hours or and, and then, you know, you get this short bit. But it takes some adjustment and some um, perspective shift. I, mm-hmm. I'll tell you what I am. I am getting so good at washing dishes. Like I am. I'm, <laughs> it's. I'm like. I'm figuring out the speed of how quickly I can get my dishes washed. Like actually sparkling clean, but also doing it in a way where it feels like a sport. It's really uh, funny. It's competitive. Right. It it's very competitive. It's right. like how how quickly can I do this so I can do my <laughs> do my thing? And it's like it's part of the the daily routine. Not not that I wasn't washing dishes before, but now it's like, you know, I think most people are cooking a lot more at home. Right. So We're gamifying everything. Gamifying <laughs> like how to. to cook, how to clean, how to do laundry. <laughs> yeah. All these basic things are now a game. You know? yeah, exactly. How old is your how old is your daughter now? She's she's a year right now, a little she's over a year. year. And uh how's it been being in a, a new dad? You know, I I I always thought that I was like prepared for to to be a dad, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think anyone is really prepared because the things that you think like, oh yeah, I can do this, I can do that, it starts to it's the balance because I think like uh-huh. being a dad is not it's difficult, but I think the balance of right. being a dad and trying to you know have a career and also like be a good husband, also like be friends with people <laughs> is the balance because. Uh, um, you know, it takes a lot of work, and I think a lot of people um, are are having twenty four hour mm-hmm. parenting. Um, mm-hmm. That I think is, is is you can't like, oh hey, someone can watch her for a couple hours. Like, right. okay, how do we figure this out? How do I wear her and like do things um, uh, around the house as well? Yeah. yeah, but it's it's cool. You get creative with it, and you know, uh, we just she just took like her first three steps. It's the oh. best. It's the best thing. Like, oh man, like you you, you see it happen. So yeah. who knows if I would have missed it, you know, if I was off somewhere. Right. Uh, so I, I appreciate those little things. That's awesome. Um, so I guess we could talk a little bit about, I feel like you kind of came onto the scene through Glee. I mean, I feel like most of the world got to know you through Glee. And since then, you've stayed busy doing 
a slew of projects. Um, some Shadow Hunters for a few years, Crazy Rich Asians, obviously, um, and a slew of other projects. I guess for a lot of people, you were probably one of the first Asian American faces that they saw on TV. I feel like you were at that very, very beginning of a trend that has now brought us full circle where, you know, you're leading all these movies and in interesting projects. What was that like jumping into Glee? I know it's a very sudden question, but like just trying to lead into that. I, you know, I, I appreciate those, those words, but I, I don't ever feel like I was the first. I think for, you know, obviously younger folks who kind of then watch like, uh, you know, obviously that was the first exposure to, to just television alone or a show that maybe they, they like att- attach themselves to. You know, because I, I think there's many folks uh, that wanted to to make sure that that you know get the credit because you know I, I grew up watching a lot of films and I know that you guys uh, agree it's like you watch certain like movies and you're like oh there's an Asian guy <laughs> or you know and, right. and and we all talk about that as 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 some people might not understand how important that is you know I think a lot of us do because you just want to like you just want to have some like association with something you're watching. And, mm-hmm. you know, not to say every film has to have someone that looks like you, because mm-hmm. I think it's important to, to show diversity in, in groups of people that might not have like a diverse group of people on, on the project. But um, for me to answer the question with Glee is, um, you know, I think it just came on as, as I was, I was doing, I was doing pretty good as a dancer. You know, I, mm-hmm. I came up the ranks and uh, you know, doing tours and and music videos and uh and started doing tv and so that kind of came out of nowhere the audition was just like they needed a dancer who can who can kind of act (laughs) that was really like that was (laughs) really the thing it's like you can kind of act as long as you can say lines without fumbling it i think that's Uh what they're looking for and and really you know the the cast is so talented in so many different ways but a lot of them aren't dancers so mm-hmm. they needed someone to kind of cut away to right. in certain because there's so many musical numbers and to not to say that they weren't capable of dancing so we had to learn these dances so quickly sometimes the day of wow. and then we'd shoot it for like millions of people so it's right. a lot of pressure to for any actor to kind of go through even for me sometimes like as a professional dancer mm-hmm. it was like oh my god i don't know how i'm gonna they're all looking at me because they're putting me in the front and, <laughs> yeah. and to make sure i don't mess up and i'm like so that was like a pressure of like don't mess up because you're the pro dancer even though i probably was uh, a lot of times but um I, I you know i i don't take that lightly on on knowing that you know while i was on the show i was like oh i feel like i'm not representing a whole community but mm-hmm. i want to make sure that it's being represented properly as much mm-hmm. as possible even though you know it was out of my hands in certain times but what i could do was at least whatever was written i could play it in a way that can go as far as away as 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 what the stereotype that has been shown on um, television shows. Right. Are you still dancing at all? I mean, right, what it looks um, like. Is yeah, there- you know, I'm still involved in in, in a lot of ways in, in the dance community, and and you know, I dance more obviously for fun, mm-hmm. um, as as opposed to a, like a career. But it, I'm it's still heavily, I feel like, involved in my characters because to mm-hmm. me it's really helped shifting the way you know i move and and also like sometimes storytelling through movement that's a big thing and uh, you know whether you call it dance or whatnot i i i've always uh, done that um mm-hmm. uh with all the projects that i've been a part of yeah so i mean obviously dance really has informed your acting and the roles that you have taken on but growing up 
what types of films or TV shows kind of informed and affected, you know, what you watched and what influenced you? Uh, yeah, as a kid, you watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, you oh, know, yeah. Transformers, the movie. Oh, yeah. Like, like I'm talking about not the Transformers the cartoon, the movie. That that actually like the one that the the anime one. I don't know if you guys have watched that one. I have not watched that one. Oh no. my god, it is. <laughs> It is. It's like an. It's in the eighties. I remember I had a, a VHS copy. I'm dating myself. People who don't know what that is. That's like a tape. That <laughs> VHS. Kind of put it. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> what is that? Um, What's a tape? Well, my sister. <laughs> my sister had Madonna. Um, I got very familiar with this concert. Um, with Madonna, she had their, her her. I think it was like Material Girl. I might be wrong. What, mm-hmm. what, what the, the the tour was called, but it was that. And then it would go into Transformers, the movie. But like before, my sister would always rewind it. And I would be forced to watch Madonna. <laughs> and she wouldn't let me fast forward. And then I would be able to enjoy uh, Transformers, which I feel that kind of got me familiar with just dance in general. Because, you mm-hmm. know, she danced a lot in performance. Right. And, and, mm-hmm. and then, you know, you go into this like robots fighting in outer space. Um, and... You know, I, I think it didn't. It wasn't. I was a late bloomer, I would say, because I was as I got older. Uh, I didn't really get into like film films till till I remember when I was about like sixteen, seventeen. When I started watching um, the three films that really made a mark on me was Pulp Fiction, Goodwill Hunting, and Swingers. Very dude films, but those three films really like opened my <laughs> eyes. I'm like, yeah. what the hell, like. I could. There's more things than just robots fighting and turtles, <laughs> ninja turtles mutating. Oh um, definitely a late bloomer. You know, as an immigrant kid, yeah. I, I, you know, you can. I was, I wasn't exposed to too many things, and right. it, was, it was that really opened my eyes up. That's fair. I mean, now we know your your career has been heavily affected by Madonna and Transformers. That pretty <laughs> yes. much put you on this path. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I have Madonna and the and Optimus Prime to thank. That's great. That's um, amazing. You said immigrant kid. You grew up. You were born and raised in Costa Rica. What is the what's the backstory there? I was born and partially raised in Costa Rica. Uh, you know, I moved out when I was about five or six, and three places that really uh, I think. Uh, outside the fourth where I'm at, but like it was Costa Rica, um, which, you know, I was, I grew up just imagining or, or I still feel like, you know, I'm part of the Costa Rican uh, culture in, in the sense that I, I got married there. My dad's still there. You know, he has a shop there mm-hmm. I go there often. And it's interesting to see like, like I'm doing some stuff with like my mom where she's like teaching me how to, how to cook. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, Latin infused things in the Chinese cooking as well. Uh, so it's oh. like a big mixture of, of flavors. And so that, that, that is what I am. And then San Francisco and then San Luis Obispo, those are the two other spots that I really like. Um, I think got to really learn about the American culture. But Costa Rica is 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 just such a beautiful country with beautiful mm-hmm. people, and you know mm-hmm. they have a saying called uh, "pura vida," which is uh, pure life, and it's such a wonderful saying because I think there's there's something great about constantly saying that, and just a reminder of of how pure life could be. Absolutely. Can you still speak Spanish pretty fluently? No. Like my my whole family, it's like I'm like the black sheep in in in, in <laughs> not being able to speak. Spanish because I I am able to I understand it and it's funny because when I go to Costa Rica, I'm, I struggle for a couple of days and then mm-hmm. when you start getting forced into speaking Spanish, you realize like how much you do know but it's this barrier of like, oh I can 
a handicap of like, I'm just going to go back to English or, or right. even Chinese, you know, and, and I think it's, it's important to obviously put, be put in those situations because you, know, you realize how much is still stayed in you, but you have that maybe whatever it's fear or, or blockage that, that kind of stops you from going all the way. Right. It's really cool to, to hear your story, you know, in bits and pieces and understanding like where you're coming from. I guess one thing that we generally as Asians, like we, we feel like we have to just ask for a general, nothing too deep, nothing too crazy, but just obviously the past few years have been incredible for the community, just in terms of representation and seeing more people out there and just setting new records and new heights. What is the best way for you to kind of describe what you see in entertainment and a movie and film and music right now as an Asian American or as an Asian? Yeah, that's an excellent question to kind of also like switch it back to you. What you have done, I think in, you know, uh, in music, I think it's really, really incredible because I, I, I know, I know you have a large fan base. People love you and you, you, you are extremely talented and, and, and I think you're charming. And I think those things that kind of don't, it's it's sad to say, but a lot of times, like it's not associated with the word Asians or mm, Asian Americans, mm-hmm. and it's it's that's what I'm seeing is that like oh they could be talented too, they could be charming, <laughs> they could be blah. It's just like Jesus Christ, yeah, of course. Yeah, it's just not being able to give the opportunity. But I, I would say, without getting too deep into it, I think it's right. it's uh, self identity and and being being comfortable and proud. Mm-hmm. I think that's more what's coming and that is what's allowing people to like come out of the woodworks or or be able to take more chances and 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 showcase themselves and their talent and I think that's what's been beautiful cuz you know going back to even pre-glee or whatever I I watching music videos as like an 18 year old trying to figure out oh how can I be in a music video you always say oh well that Asian guy's doing it I remember mm-hmm. this guy um uh his name was Mike Bean uh, mm-hmm. Michael Bean, and he was in Nelly Furtado, uh, Nelly Furtado video, uh-huh. and would be in Missy Elliott videos. And I would like follow him, like, oh yeah, I would see him randomly yeah. pop up in these videos that you know you watch uh, almost a thousand times, right? Mm-hmm. And those things take an effect on you, and gave me the little like, well, cool, I, I want to be that dude. You know, I don't want to be like the right. token Asian, but I was like, oh, that gave me the courage to be like, oh yeah, I want to, I want to be able to do that. And I think that is the effect that is having on a lot of. Uh, uh, Asian Americans um, that uh, that want to pursue this, or even like obviously with YouTube and social media, it's allowing people to just kind of speak up and and show themselves. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it's you know, I thank you for for playing a big role in that. This is a very um, this is a very not well known fact, but I actually auditioned for Glee. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Eric, I thought should we were I, keeping that in the vault. I was like, should I keep this underground <laughs> in a coffin and never bring it up? But then I was like, you know what? Hell no. As as Harry's being like, you know what? I watch these music videos and people inspire me. I'm like, well, you did that for just as many people, if not more, because I think when I got a casting call to come and do this thing, I was like, like really? Like they're gonna like ask me to do this? And they're like, wait, but then they have Harry. If Harry did it, then I could try it out. And so I remember distinctly remembering that as I went into that audition. So oh, you would have you 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 probably killed it and you would have killed that. And I think that's the important part. There could have been two, man. There could have been two. There could have been two of us. They're like, they're like you know, that's hopefully the the change that's gonna happen. It's only not just like, well we already have one one Asian guy. It's like yeah. we should be like, we should have a couple. It's okay to do that. Right. right. But thank you for playing that role as well. Um so 
I love having this conversation and hopefully we can continue this in a, a deeper fashion at some point down the future. But today, uh, this show is actually Commit or Quit and we talk about obviously our favorite TV mm. shows and film. And so we asked you prior to this, this conversation to recommend one of your favorite TV shows of all time. And you sent us Better Call Saul. And uh, we're going to dive into this series just a little bit. And we're going to ask you some questions. But before we do that, Eddie's going to give us a synopsis to kind of introduce our listeners into what this show is. So Eddie, yeah, take it away. Yeah, no problem, Eric. So Harry, just to give you some context, this is one of my biggest roles. So I'm going to try my best to uh, <laughs> tell this synopsis correctly. You got so, this. You got this, baby. Better Call Saul came out in 2015. There are five seasons so far. Um, and it's actually a spinoff of Breaking Bad for those that do not know. Um, it's been airing on AMC. You can find it on Netflix. And it was created by Vince Gilligan and Peter Gould. Now, uh, the synopsis. Um, this is an Emmy-nominated prequel to Breaking Bad following a small-time attorney, Jimmy McGill, as he transforms into morally challenged lawyer, Saul Goodman. Mm-hmm. You know, I was really excited that you said this was going to be the show that you're going to spotlight because I loved Breaking Bad. And Eric's never seen Breaking Bad. And so I'm imagining you've seen all of them. So I feel like we're going to have some very interesting discussion today. Uh, yes. As Eddie shared, I had never watched Better Call Saul. I've never watched Breaking Bad either. Um, mm. and, and so people like come at me for this. But it's a big <laughs> commitment. Breaking Bad is a long series. And I don't know if I can commit to that right now. Um, so, you know, Eddie and I, we're going to try to give a quick synopsis of episodes one and two. For people who are listening in who have no idea what the show is about. So episode one and two is pretty much there's the main character, Jimmy McGill, who's aka Saul Goodman. And he is a ex-con artist slash lawyer. And he opens the show by defending some really just some shithead kids for lack of better terms. Um, and it's over the course of two episodes is showing him and how deep his struggles are. And he's living in the back of a nail salon parlor and that's his office. Right. He's trying to always make a quick buck by tricking people and running scams. And all this kind of goes south at a point where he gets involved with like I guess a drug cartel or something. It's not very clear. And mm-hmm. then there's his brother um, who is supposedly a very real authentic lawyer who has a ton of money. And while well, Jimmy is like the complete opposite just broke horrible lawyer. And it pretty much follows him going through all these trials and tribulations as he's trying to stay alive, pay rent, and um, not get killed. That was very good. That was, you know, it's bringing, it's, yeah, you killed it. It's, it's like bringing memories back as, you know, obviously I'm in season five in the, uh, in the middle of it, or I think there's two episodes left for uh-huh. the season. And, and you saying that, it's like, oh my God, it's like down memory lane because, you know, it's been five seasons. And I think right. it is true. It is a lot of commitment because I feel mm-hmm. the same way on other shows when people tell me about them. So uh, that was really good. That was really good because yes. it, it made me uh, remember. Remember the past. <laughs> <laughs> Memory lane. I guess to start off, why did you pick this show for us? Um, you know, I I think now more than more than ever. I think with with, with pl- there's plenty of shows doing that. This is not the only show. You know, there's a there's obviously an anti-hero kind of element uh, mm-hmm. into this. And if you haven't watched Breaking Bad, you know, Jimmy comes just comes off as a sleazeball. You know, he he, he kind of shows up, and this is obviously a spinoff. 
Breaking Bad, same thing with A Better Call Saul. At times, it's a slow burn. Mm-hmm. Right. But I think when when but when you when you commit to that, it it the payoff is huge. You know, you do that motion of holding your 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 hands on your head, and you're just like your mind is blown. You're like, oh my god, I, why are they doing that? Or or how did that just happen? But but in a way that almost feels like what what this show particularly does well is that it just it's just a great analysis of of how people turn a certain way mm-hmm. you know and i think breaking bad is obviously about that but this one in particular it's like you see why people why things that happen to him and, and you'll see jimmy jimmy is a good guy mm-hmm. and just just every time he tries to do something good it right. always either backfires or, or or he gets screwed over and it just he keeps trying to be good and mm-hmm. then it just he can't help it because like this is the only option at the end of the day and i think um along with with just the storytelling i think the cinematography is some of the best on television mm. it, there's they always find the most interesting way to tell stories visually as well right. and um i think it's it's helped also by the actors um just also not not doing too much and allowing the story to be uh-huh. able to be told and allowing the audience to kind of kind of uh uh, finish the puzzle themselves as well and i think it's such an interactive show in that way and i i get so excited every week when when it comes monday to to watch it because i feel like i'm about to i'm invested and i'm not just yeah a part, uh, i'm a participant as opposed to just an observer i think you put that very well even in the first two episodes there were so many moments where i was like i have to look away i can't watch this and my hands were up in the air and i was like Oh my right. god! <laughs> right. um, it was just—it was an emotional roller coaster of just being like, "Is what's go- oh what what?" Right. Like it was constant. Uh, but then I just feel so bad for him because, like, as you were saying, I don't think his intentions are bad. He's really no. just so broke, and he's like trying to to make it just like not starve for the day and just save a dollar here or there. And his yeah. brother, who is owed millions of dollars, is just like not helpful at all either. In his own mm-hmm. right. So I was just like, oh man. As I'm watching, it's like, man, if his brother had just like been like, okay, a little less stubborn, a little less selfish, maybe, and just said, okay, man, just let's do it this way. Right. His life would be completely different. Well, you see the tough love, like how tough love can can in some ways be good, but also be very damaging to mm-hmm. someone. And you start to see that trend and you mm-hmm. start to realize like, why is why why the tough love mm-hmm. right like the tough love in, in some ways will work and then you can't constantly do that because it does affect someone and very negatively in a lot of ways mm-hmm. and i think you know we we have all maybe either seen it or been exposed to that of just like sometimes it has helped and mm-hmm. sometimes it's just like yo just just like just help me out a bit right? right just 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 to give me a little bit of be a more, little more lenient at times yeah, going back to what you said about the way they shot it and the writing and how it all pans out, I think they do a really good job of just beating the dead horse and getting their point across. For example, <laughs> just like in the first episode, I think it's like a 10-minute montage of just showing how broke he is. Yeah. You know, like the check size, him not having his own fridge, not using the actual lighting in the home and using these like candle-lit lamps and whatnot, you know? And then also just like all of the montages, like when he tries to be an honest lawyer and he says, you know what, I'll just roll up my sleeves and I'll just do what I'm doing every day in and out. Remember Mm -hmm. they'd show that montage of him just like after each trial, like day by day, just grinding. It goes on for 10 minutes and we're like, we get it. You're working hard, but he has (laughs) no luck. 
he has no luck and he has no money at and, the end of the day. Right. That and was, the show that was a part. The show takes its time with yeah. that. I don't think they're in a rush to tell anything. They really want, you know, to beat you over the head and say like uh-huh. it's this well, bad. Yeah, and it also feels like I think with television, especially in your homes, for me, you know, and, and sometimes it's not it's not people's uh thing, but like I I I love getting to know the characters. I mm-hmm. love getting to like feel like, oh, I know their little, the nuances and those those I think small things will come back in a bigger mm-hmm. way mm-hmm. later on. Right. And, um I think when you get to know someone you you start to realize that, oh, I know why they're like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that is to me, I wouldn't say just fulfilling. I was just like it feels like connection. Uh-huh. I guess more of a connection. Just like you have friends, you're like, oh, I'm gonna I'm be a little forgiving because I, I know why they're that way. Mm-hmm. You know? I guess, you know, you mentioned tough love. And this is like a topic that I'm actually very, very curious about. Just because I think there are people respond so differently to different situations and the ways they're raised and the people that are around them. How do you deal with tough love? And have you, I'm sure you've thought about how to raise your daughter or your future kids. I don't know. <laughs> I think you know. It's, uh, I think it's easy to like give like what I think I would do. That's what I've learned. Sometimes you plan things, and and there's a benefit to that. And there's sometimes you just you can't plan it. And hopefully, you have taking in philosophies, techniques. You've seen different ways that people have done things, and you identify how certain personalities uh, will. Um, react to certain ways of of, of the approach, and um, I've I've kind of just told myself that I, I would have a better understanding of people as much as I can, because not everyone it's not one size fits all um, mm-hmm. with everything. And I think with uh, with regards to my daughter, I, I I'm getting to know her still. Mm-hmm. I, I can't I can't say I'm gonna raise her this way. Obviously, there's ways I'm like. Well, I'm not going to, I'm going to make sure to like, you know, give her all the tools to make the best decisions. But, um, I, I don't think I, 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 I don't know yet, you know, and, and with the tough love thing, I think, you know, obviously there's a simple things of like, well, you got to need to fall, man. Like I, mm-hmm. I can't, I can't, I can't be there to catch you. But like on the big falls, like I'm not going to let her fall and crack her right, head open. Right, right. But I'm going to, you know, you're going to, you're going to fall and you're going to hit your head and, you know, I'm going to make sure to be like, yeah, that's what happens. So you <laughs> learn from that. But, you know, I think that's what I can do in step by step to be able to kind of teach her these things and have her also uh, have a have learning tools where it's not um, having a safety net constantly where Mm -hmm. she's never going to learn about anything, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. One thing I definitely want to talk about here is the difference between a show like Better Call Saul or Breaking Bad versus a K-drama. You know, one thing that you mentioned, Harry, earlier was that you love the character development and like the pacing of it. They take their time with telling the story and showing how he was a, a good intention lawyer uh, turning into this crooked guy, you know, like a Harvey Dent from uh, The Dark Knight. Right. Uh, this slow transformation. Um, but in K-dramas, there is no time. It's kind of like a very... We're going to shove everything into this. We're not Let me hook for a you. second Let me season. hook you. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Exactly. So like, let's talk a little bit about like just the, the fundamental differences between these types of shows. Yeah. I, th- I mean, look, there's, you know, I think in real life, there's prototypes. Like, you know, you know, there's certain types of personality, certain types of people. You're like, oh, I, d- I know what you are. I know how you, how you are. And 
and I know what you're going to do in the story. And you might switch it, you know, because I think obviously K-Drum, there's a lot of like, oh mm. my God, it's that person was that person. And that's right. that they were doing that. So I think um, it's just a different type of uh, uh, sto- way of storytelling, which I, I don't think one is better than the other. I just mm. think it's like kind of like, what do you feel like, you know? Um, and I know my mom consumes so much K-drama it, she, to the point <laughs> where she's like, I, I think, you know, there's like sites where you don't pay for it. And then, and then my mom was like, I'll pay, I'll pay whatever. Just, just let, let me keep watching this because the free sites <laughs> yeah. aren't working anymore. Right. And, and uh, so, uh, you know, I, I understand the kind of the addiction that comes behind it. It's, it's because you just, you do get to know the, the characters mm-hmm. in, in a different way. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing, though, is did you, Harry? Did you watch Breaking Bad before you watched Better Call Saul? Yeah, I this. I think it's the only show that I've watched where I literally tune in every single week. I've tuned in every single. I didn't binge oh watch any gosh. of it. I tuned wow. in every single week. Wow, I've been a pretty avid watcher and and kind of a studious, I guess. I don't know. Like I'm uh-huh. sitting there, like ready for it. Uh-huh. And sometimes I'll wait a couple of weeks and to like watch a couple of them through. But yeah. for the most part, I've, I've been there, especially with Breaking Bad. I was there every single Man. week watching it. See, I think that's part of the thing. It's like this Better Call Saul is also, it has the luxury of being able to do that because it has such a bought-in fan base and an audience where people came from Breaking Bad who have told me like, this is the best show ever. It's a natural lead-in. So when they are doing Better Call Saul, it has a little more uh, leeway in taking its time and really peeling back the layers. It's not slow, but it takes its time in doing this full development um, because it has a bought-in audience. Whereas opposed to a K-drama, it's like, what is this? Is this going to be good or is this going to be bad? Well, right. we're going to throw everything <laughs> at you in the right. first episode. And make you watch. So that's a little bit different in, in what I think. You know, yes. that approach. Yeah, I, I will say that with Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, there's you can actually start with Better Call Saul and then you can mm. watch Breaking Bad because you know the characters start. You start seeing characters pop up, and mm-hmm. they've done an incredible job. Even though I know people age, it's been like seven, eight years. They look the exact same because it's uh. it's it's within like I I believe like a twenty year span. I might be, I might be wrong. Um, a 10 year span. Uh, mm-hmm. Actually, I've lost track of time on when everything is <laughs> happening. But what's great is that you start seeing characters kind of come in and out and you're like, oh, and then you, the ones that maybe aren't there anymore, you're like, you get to know them a little right. better. So it's always a refresh with the familiarity that's still there. Um, I don't know if that happens with K-dramas. Um, if they have Probably like a, if much. they have like a universe, I guess. But there's no Marvel thing. Cinematic Universe <laughs> happening really, here. Not really looking for those season twos, right? It's just like, here are 18 episodes. Love it or leave it. Right. You know? But that's a good point though. Because for, for people like myself, if I haven't seen Breaking Bad and I haven't seen Better Call Saul, I was always under the impression I need to watch all, what, six seasons of Breaking Bad yeah. first and then dive into five seasons of Better Call Saul. I was like, I don't know if I can do how many hours of that that is probably close to a hundred hours of content. Right. So it's been a little daunting. I wouldn't recommend binging it. I recommend like just having that thing that always is there every week. There's some, Uh there's some discipline in that too. Right. Of Mm -hmm. like, I'm not going to touch it at -hmm. times for me. Why it helps is like, I can't touch it because they haven't released it. But like, there is that even, even if I'm able to, I'm like, okay, that's, that's enough for me today. I'm Mm going to, I'm going to settle. Yeah. And it's like, good. I, I feel like fulfilled. Until the next time, you know, uh-huh. I think I think we're 
I think we kind of have to do that at times because there's no sustainability in binging right. constantly. <laughs> you're not going to get anything done. You finish, you know, a couple seasons of something, but you're like, I, I my hair's long. My, yeah, you know, right now, <laughs> right now might Just be the perfect emptiness. time. But there's right now might be the perfect time. time, but it's probably not the healthiest thing to do. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the perfect way to describe it, especially with this show. It really is. Episode by episode, you know, I did look past the first two. I kind of cheated leading into this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but after like three or four, I'm like, I'm good. You know, whereas a K-drama, it leaves you on like a moment where they're about to kiss or, you know, they hug for the first time and it cuts to the original soundtrack. No! And you're like, Skittles, <laughs> Skittles, more Skittles. And you're just like, next, next, next. But these take a little bit more to digest and might, right. you know change you as a person. Right. So I mean one of the things that we also see in the first two episodes is Jimmy has a catchphrase like pep talk before he goes into the courtroom. Uh, As an actor have you ever or like as a performer do you have a routine before you go into something before you go into a set or a scene or a show or give yourself a pep talk? There's not this like thing I do uh, like a ritual. Um, I mean I think it kind of changes Something about a ritual, which is great and allows this ease and, and, and to get you in a mi- certain mindset, which is uh, for me, it's been I have to switch it up and change it up constantly because it uh, it allows me to see things a little differently and like feel a little differently, uh, especially with with acting and, and certain characters. So it'll 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 kind of go closer to what the character is. But I, I think that looking in the mirror and talking to yourself or to whatever whatever character you're playing, I think um, is effective in, in that sense, oh. um, for sure for me, because you're able to get it out and, and, and talk it through and you're by yourself, so it doesn't really matter what you say. That's definitely something I, I do do, but done it in different methods at times. The first few times, I've never acted, full disclosure, I've never acted. I don't know if I can. I just don't know if I'd be good. But the first few times they were like, oh, can you send it an audition tape or can you send it like self-tape? I was like, oh my God, this is what I look like. This is what I sound like. It was the most mortifying, like cringy. You're no different from every other actor, brother. That's, oh my that's, that okay. is Gosh. That is exactly what it is, you know. Um I don't, I don't want to, this doesn't, I don't want to get deep on this, but we're all acting at a certain to a certain degree, yeah. right? We're all, not not sure. to say we're being right. fake, but we're all acting. Right. Because, you know, we are, you know, we are different when we are with our family. We are different to a certain degree. A lot of us are who we are. But mm-hmm. there's certain things you can't say, you know, around your mom and dad. You know, just right. just that alone is in some form of acting. Not not that we're hiding anything. Not that we're being, mm-hmm. you know, uh, fake. Um, but it, it is that. So I think when you, like, kind of take those little tidbits and then you, like, keep it growing, mm-hmm. you're acting. Um, I guess if we take this back to, you know, Better Call Saul for a moment, it's, you know, people have so many different layers to them. And this is too deep and big of a broad question. But when you watch this show, what makes a person here good or bad, right? What Mm -hmm. makes Mm -hmm. Saul distinctly good? What also makes him potentially distinctly bad? What, like, as… As a big fan of the show, what have you seen throughout this this series on that? Dude, that is such a good observation um, because what's good to someone is bad to someone else. So mm, I, right. I, I I think any anybody watching that and with any show particularly, like 
outside of like maybe the writers trying to tell you that this person's bad, you know, like really forcing it down your throat. This is a bad person, which, mm-hmm. right. you know, I think like the Dark Knight obviously has has done something really interesting with, you know, the right. Joker uh, where you're like, geez, I mean, I kind of like, I don't know. You know, yeah. it's like it is yeah. bad. Obviously, you shouldn't you shouldn't do those things. But the reasoning behind it, it's like, oh god, it's like you struggle with with that because like you shouldn't be doing it that way. But I got, I mean, you you make some good points, right? Um, right. And um, I think it's the method of of how people are doing things. Um, so for this particular show, you know, be, beyond Jimmy, you start to realize the other characters uh, through sometimes silence and not even action of 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 how they feel about certain things and maybe maybe what the reaction alone will dictate kind of um how they are as a person you know mm-hmm. and i think mm-hmm. for me actually my favorite actor i think all of them are brilliant but ria seahorn uh um who plays jimmy's love interest uh mm-hmm. is i think one of my favorite actresses just oh, okay. because she i think there is a difficulty in not doing too much right not overstating. Not, not overstating. So you're always guessing like, what is this person thinking? What are they going to do? Right. Constantly, you're just like, I don't know what she's thinking. Mm-hmm. I, and, and, and I think that is, makes it such a good, um, uh, what I was talking about being a participant in, in, in the show is like, you're, you're like, God, you're constantly like, what is this person going to do? Why, why isn't she reacting? Like, why is right, this right. would piss me off to no end if this person said this to me or did this to me, but she is not reacting. And I'm like, mm-hmm. What is she what, like? Is she gonna go home and like break? There is this wonderful scene. This is not um, giving a. It's not giving any spoilers. But there's this scene that you would usually have an argument or tell. Like if you came home and something, both of you went through something huge, mm-hmm. you would go home and talk about it. But right. there's this whole scene. It was all done through um, just movement and not like dance or anything like that. But just done through movement and objects. But wow. it, it was it's done in a way where like I completely see what the, they're how they're expressing themselves and having a conversation without any dialogue. But it's not done in an esoteric way. It's just like I've been there where you just like you right. just want to like grab something and just throw it across. And but it it was, it was done with a lot of subtlety. So I mean like I I, I don't want to. I am a big fan fan of the show but uh there's so many more things that that this right. um show uh provides that uh, I'm, I'm just so um enthralled and and yeah and really uh appreciate it right i mean i think that's that's it's great that's why we wanted to have this discussion with you i think part of you know commuter quit for the most part like eddie and i we're not we're not film TV people. It's just very surface level. Like you're deeper than me. I am very surface level. I'm, <laughs> Eddie's pretty I'm, much. <laughs> I'm the type of guy that when when someone says, you know, when I ask them, "Hey, is something wrong?" and then there's clearly something wrong, and they go, "No, no, nothing's wrong." Then I just go, "Okay," <laughs> and I just move on. You know. So your observations right now are eye opening. I'm like, my third eye is opening right now. Right, and I think this is something that a lot of people. No, if it's not through the lens of an actor or somebody who's in the craft, it's hard to kind of pull those pieces apart. And so I think for you, Harry, this is like, oh, this is just like, you know, yeah. of course. For us, we're like, whoa. <laughs> Mine is blown. I feel like Nemo, that sea yeah. turtle right now. Like, bro. You just listen to Harry that? talk all day. I know. I'm like, let's just unpeel. Let's go episode by episode. Why don't we? <laughs> um, so, I mean, clearly this is… You're a big fan of the show. 
I think right now we've had, you know, a decent dialogue about the different parts and complexities just as over the first two episodes of uh, Better Call Saul. And at this point, it's kind of like between Eddie and I, do we commit to this show or do we quit this show? And, you know, Harry, you know, after we kind of make that decision, if you can give one last defense, one appeal, one final appeal to the listeners as to why they should listen to this show. Um, I guess I'll kick it off by saying I started skeptical because I just don't know anything about it. And there's so many things to watch. I was like, do I need another show like this? But starting the first two episodes, I was actually pleasantly surprised. Um, I felt like even though I don't know anything about Breaking Bad, I could easily get into it. And it was a show about just… It felt like a flawed human. Um, And so there's so much to unpack there where it was relatable. And it's just… You know, there are things about yourself that you can also always be like, man, I wish I wasn't this way or I wish I was this way. But you look at Saul, you look at Jimmy and you're like, man, he's going through it just as just the same way as I have or I am or I will. And so I, for me, it was a very relatable kind of show. And seeing it in the light of these, you know, I don't know, gangs or drugs or whatever it may be coming up, that is what's exciting to me. Um, so I am going to commit to the show. That's my decision. Um, so thank you for recommending it and forcing me to watch the first two episodes. Yeah, yeah. I appreciate it. <laughs> Eddie, how about yourself? Yeah, I think it's pretty clear that I'm going to have to commit to this. As a Breaking Bad, uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of that series. I would say it's probably one of the best shows of all time. Um, I didn't know what to expect from Better Call Saul. Um, but again, pleasantly surprised. I love the pacing. I love that like… Um, each episode made you think. And then I already told you I I, I broke the rules. I'm already on episode five. So… Eddie's in it. Yeah. I'm in it. Um, Harry, how about yourself? I mean, I know you're, you've are you watched it all. So as somebody who has watched it all from Breaking Bad to the most recent episodes of Better Call Saul, why should our listeners… What is your best argument for why they should watch this show if they haven't already? I, I think you guys gave some great uh, reasons why. And, uh, you know, I… Th- I think with whatever types of shows you watch and 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 I think every type of entertainment is is okay because it done in whether it in moderation you know you're not just watching a certain type that's kind of maybe not good for your brain and not good for you know your soul I I think find one show that at least makes you look at the world differently mm. and um this this show for me kind of has you know you find a little more empathy towards uh, towards different types of people, maybe not exactly in your situation or maybe in your situation. And I think this show does it brilliantly because it's not about the spectacle, even though there absolutely is, if you haven't got to it yet, there is where you're just like, whoa, this just, that show, that episode hit me hard because it was all action. This is not that type of show, but actually it is because it has, it has all that. And I think the team behind it has done a brilliant job on, on how to dissect the the kind of the the human um not just emotion but like the what humans will do to just survive mm-hmm. you know and 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 given like the society and places your environment that you're at um 
so without hitting it over the head too hard, I, I, I think it's just a good show to just give you good food for thought and to, um, to just have a different perspective on, on, on uh, situations that kind of people get put into and why it's not exactly like really bad. And you might see another person in, in reality. You're like, oh, you're kind of like a Jimmy, you know, or you're kind of like right. blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I don't want to prejudge you just off of right. like the way your hair looks or the way you talk. Right. Right. No, absolutely. That's very well put. I think if anything, it builds an argument for just empathy and acceptance of people that you don't know. All of us, I think, you know, we appreciate the show. We appreciate your insights. And uh, I'm glad that we could have had uh, a little more depth to our conversation from a acting and film TV expert here. Moving beyond that, I think some of our fans, your fans, had questions um, yep. that they're dying to get answered from you. So we have some from Twitter. We'll go through a few, a few of them if that's okay with you. Sure, sure. All right. So we're going to start really easy first. This is from Eclipse Twan Picks. Milk first or cereal first? Oh, cereal first. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's going to splash everywhere, man. Right. I know. The, people everywhere. ask this question and I'm like, if you're asking this right. question, I don't actually trust you as a yeah. human. Like, Well, it depends who, on how you pour. That's really I, what it comes down to. People might like that plot. Maybe. I like that kind of like… You know the, the waterfall, you know, right. going onto rocks. I like looking at that, like Niagara Falls. I'm like, ah, I, could, I, I like that because okay. the, the rocks are the cereals, right? And then right. The, the water is is the milk. But yeah, that's kind of there odd to me because I'm not trying to drop a bunch of rocks into like a pool of water. I don't See, know. wow, that was beautifully said. Um, I'm sure you get this a lot, but do you still keep in touch with your fellow Glee cast members? Uh, and then, by the way, I love you so much, Harry. Uh, Sad face emoji and then a bunch of hearts. And this is from Blue Carob on Twitter. Blue Carob, well, I, I, I love you too. And uh, yes, I, I, I do. I actually like, um, we had just like random events like Cord's birthday before this whole quarantine happened. You know, I saw Darren and I, uh, I saw um, uh, Amber and Kevin and Jenna. Uh, and even like one of the events I see Leah. So we still keep in touch and, you know, Diana came and see the baby. Like it's, it's, it's still, the love is still there, even though how hard it is. Cause everyone's so spread out, uh, all over the world and doing their own thing. But, um, you know, we, we, we all went through six years of just like, it's, it was like high school and beyond, <laughs> you know, you, you went through this whole phase of, of your life and I still love all of them dearly because, uh, they're all just so talented and, and doing so many cool things. Um, and I know like Amber and I believe Darren were just on um, the Disney sing-along. That was on ABC for a charity event and um, they smashed it. So it, it's it's really cool to see them them killing it. This is a question from Divis Cho. If offered a part in any superhero universe, what type of part would you want to be? Superhero or villain? Choose your words wisely here. This could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. I don't know. Just to me, the the most interesting ones are incredibly complex. You know, I think like when we going back to Better Call Saul, those obviously those are the most interesting ones where you you could you could be bad. And I think what's interesting is someone who's bad that completely turns into good. So like having that story, Mm. I think is interesting because we've seen the how, you know, the Joker, even the new Joker going from good to like bad. I think there's something interesting from going bad and then to good. 
right. you know, like in, in, in our, in, in how we reference what is good and bad. Um, I think that is really, really interesting. Maybe there is a character that's kind of done that, but I don't think to the extent of like, oh, like a deeper look into right into like how full redemption story kind of thing. yeah yeah like okay. yeah I guess redemptive redemption story is the best way to put it, but uh, uh but not not the linear way that kind of we've seen it because I think what happens is you kind of like with everyone whatever whether it be a project you're trying to do or whether you're just as a human you like you always fall back to mm-hmm. what's comfortable. Right, 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 right. One last question. What has been your most unforgettable experience being an actor? Um, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't think there's only one. I think uh, maybe one that... I'll say the one that stands out to me, uh, which I just had kind of like on, um, on this last movie, uh, All My Life, uh, mm-hmm. that, that I did is, uh, you know, it was... You know, I don't take it for granted that I get to be able to be be in the forefront, be be a lead, tell a character that kind of you get to go in a little more in depth, because I, I I've I've known the feeling of of being kind of like a side character, background character for a long time, and because I did my best and I, I've done my best to to be able to at least contribute, and sometimes you can only do you can only contribute so much in, into a project because mm-hmm. that is your place and that is what you're there to do as a supporting character. Um, and I just remember this moment feeling how lucky I am to be able to tell a story, especially that is a, a true story. Um, and, you know, there's a lot of pressure to be able to to give your take, but mm-hmm. also fulfill kind of a certain person's real life. Right. And um, I think for me was to be able to see a crew of people because everyone talks about like themselves as an actors in front of the camera, but this crew of people not only caring about their technical side of how they're doing things and how they want to uh, strive for perfection, but to be able to come together and help tell this story um, collectively and, and, and try and do the same thing all together and to fill this story as much as possible, I think was, is always the, the, the best feeling ever. Cause I got to see it in a way where, um, where not only was I in, in front of the camera being able to, uh, you know, uh, portray this character as, as, as authentic as possible, but to also, in my mind, make sure that everyone is able to do the best that they can to mm-hmm. achieve that. And um, that was my, my, my uh, one of my favorite moments that, that has stood out in the end when we all rapped and kind of people got teary eyed and, you know, mm-hmm. you're there. It's, this is bigger than, than just one or two people. And I'm sure right. with, with music, when you put a live show together, man, mm-hmm. if you don't, as you notice now, like we notice now, man, like, this technical aspect, we can only do so much, but there's so many people to that you need a, to put on a show, right? It's a whole team behind you. There's there's literally no I in team. It's everybody doing their part to make it all come together. So yeah, I completely hear you on that. So I guess that's you know, that was for all my life, which is you just shot that. You just wrote wrapped that up. I don't know if you're allowed to talk about it, but just briefly, like what what was that about? There's not too much I can talk about outside, like obviously what's in the trades when, mm-hmm. when it came out is it's a real life story about um, this couple, Jen and Saul, who, uh, who you know, they fell in love and, and, and they're just a, a beautiful, beautiful couple. And what ended up happening is Saul, the character I played, he, uh, uh, who is a real life person, he, um, you know, he, he got liver cancer uh, uh. And, and, and right before 
um, they were about to get married. And so their friends banded together, did a big GoFundMe page and raised a uh-huh. bunch of money to try and give them the, uh, the best wedding possible before mm-hmm. the inevitable thing happened. Um, and it's just, a, it's more on the beautiful, it's a tragic story, tragic love story, but um, it's, it's more about their love and what they did with the time um, uh, before uh, he, he passed away. And um, it was just, uh, it was, it was a story that, you know, really touched me uh, because it, it talks about what you can do with your time here in, in face mm-hmm. of whatever that comes in front of you. And um, I just think it, it is a, it is done wonderfully. It's played, um, Jen is played by Jessica Roth, who is an incredible actress um, and, and so uh, giving. Uh, and, mm-hmm. and also Mark Myers, who has a couple of movies out right now that, that, that uh, but he's a, he's, busy editing away and i don't know when it's going to come out obviously during this time but hopefully if i have more news i'll be able to share yeah. it uh but yeah so um well look forward is, to this it is, this is so great to be able to i'll just say to, to, to talk to you guys because you know having these conversations i think are, are incredibly important that are a little more thought-provoking and and hopefully entertaining as well but i think it's it's wonderful to talk to both of you because i i, I knew you guys Mm-hmm. But I didn't get to know you guys, you know, I think right. from our from our little group chats and, you know, I went to your show, which was incredible. Thank um, you. Thank you and, for coming. Yeah. And, and it's I think these are nice, especially podcasts, whatever, however way you, you can do it is it's really nice to just talk about certain subjects and just like, you know, I feel like I got to know you both a little better. And I, I hopefully will have the opportunity to to get to know you guys better in the future as well. Likewise. I but, mean, we you know, we really appreciate you making the time and allowing us to really dive into deeper topics. You know, it's it's a brief hour or so, but a lot can be done in that hour. So we really appreciate you being so open. It's been it's been a great experience, especially <laughs> changing gears. Yeah. We've done a lot of K drama, K films, um, but this is like a it is a different discussion. Not yeah. better, just different. Just right. different. Um, Hell yeah. Yeah. We love yeah. it. We love it. That's pretty much all we have for the show today. We really appreciate you making time. I know you have a lot of things going on at home as well with a daughter and uh i don't know anything you want to say to our listeners anything people can look forward to coming soon or anything hey man i just i just want to say stay strong out there i know everyone is uh figuring out how to adjust to everything um uh, i i know listening hopefully to to whatever you are or watching you know whatever gets your mind off certain things uh i think you know, that's, I think what a lot of us are as entertainers are kind of here to do is just to, you know, get through these times or whatever, uh, hardships, or even just like, if you're going through good stuff, you know, I, I think it's, it's good to kind of like be able to like balance it out and know what other people are going through. So, uh, just, I appreciate everyone listening and, uh, thanks for having me guys. Absolutely. Um, we appreciate it and hopefully we'll see you soon when this is all over, Hell yeah. Yeah. hang out, grab a beer. Thanks for making time. Have a good one and we'll stay in touch. Dude, really looking forward to Crazy Rich Asians as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Very much looking forward to that. My wife read the book, so she's like, woo, it's going to be great. There's a lot to unpack there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's another that's hour another, that we got to do. An, that's yeah, another yeah. episode <laughs> one day. We'll do that <laughs> but anyways, yeah. Appreciate the time, man. All right. Thanks, y'all. All right, guys. So that's it. That's a wrap on this episode of Commit or Quit with our special guest, Harry Shum Jr. and his TV recommendation, Better Call Saul. Yeah. Let us know if you agree with Harry. Should we commit to watching Better Call Saul? 
tag us on our Twitter at The Dive Studios to let us know your thoughts. And make sure to subscribe to Dive Studios on YouTube at youtube.com slash divestudios. And follow us on Instagram or everywhere. We're on TikTok. And last but not least, subscribe to our Patreon as well. Patreon.com backslash divestudios. Guys, I see that number going up. And it's really, really bringing us up. It's bringing us together. It's keeping us alive. So thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, we are. We are the Dive Studios family, y'all. We need y'all to join this family. Please, if you can uh, support even just like $3 a month for all this content, we would really, really appreciate it. Also, I know we have like… We always throw a bunch of handles at you at the end of the show. But really, we love to connect with you guys. So please subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any new episodes. And leave us a nice rating and review if you can on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy your day, your evening, your morning, whatever you're doing. Have a good one. Bye. Goodbye. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.